Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Today, I was joined by Stuart Pearce and the former Leeds United assistant manager, Carl Robinson. We discussed Mason Mount's transfer to Manchester United, the future of Delhi Alley, and the support which needs to be given to young players in academies who don't make it in the professional game. There's a lot going on in the world of transfer, Stuart, that's for sure. Mason Mount, did you think this would happen, Carl? When you first heard of Manchester United are after Mason Mount, did you think, really? Or did you think, yeah, good? I, I hear a lot of rubbish spoken about him, I think. I, I, <laughs> I do, because people people are, are so quick to jump on players consistently for, for a bad year. Especially if you're English. Especially if you've played for England. I think you, you're always first to be criticised by our, by our fans anyway. He is a good footballer. And I think if you look at the current market, what players are going for, I think him going to Manchester United is a good move. Is it a step up? Yes. From yeah. Chelsea, it's a step up to Manchester United. For right. me. All right. Okay. <laughs> for me, listen, all my mates who are big Liverpool fans and my dad's probably thinking, sure, you can't be saying that about Manchester United, but Manchester United is one of the biggest football clubs in the world. Mm. Last season, they finished third in the Premier League. What Where did Chelsea mm. finish? 12th. Mm. So you're talking even in recent history, in the, just in the league table, they finished above them. Globally, the bigger. Obviously, a new manager going in. That's the only thing for me. I think Richard would have got a lot out of him. But that, I mean, that's <laughs> the one bit for me where I think of the, the, knowing him as a manager as well, and known players that as worked for him obviously in the Spurs days. That yeah. he he did really well with the young players coming through and players who have been in the club for a long period of time. He got the best out of them. And for me, that would have been something that. I would have liked to have seen him work with him. And I think it is quite an exciting time with him going in as a manager with the quality of players that Chelsea have. And I think that might be a little bit of a loss down the line a little bit. Yeah. Because he understands the club. But, Carl, should, but should Chelsea fans uh, be comfortable in the knowledge that they're selling Mount to a rival? They're both going to aim for the same kind of Who's territory in the Premier League. Who's selling them? Is it the club? Is it the director of football? Is it the manager? I think if you sat all three down in, in the modern day game, uh, uh, listen, that's why Sam was there, you know, as an owner, who has that final say? It, it should be the owner, it's his money. But then there'll be a director of football that will have an opinion, there'll be head of recruitment as a, another opinion, and then probably fourth down the line will be the manager that will have the last mm-hmm. opinion, and that might mean a, a great deal. Yeah. So for me, it, 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 it could be a loss. And for me, for him, it's a great move. And the price tag, I don't see that being that much of a problem in the modern day game. 
I he's an academy a, player, though, Stuart. So is this, should this be viewed as a failure on Chelsea's part? No, I don't think so. They bought a player out the academy and put him in the first team and got him in the England squad. That is a massive success. You, if you turn him round and, and shine in a light on the academy and say, this is an unsuccessful journey for one of your players who's come out the academy as a kid, got in the first team and got on the international stage and moved on for 55 million. It's a massive success story for the academy and, and the staff. And the system, right. I, I get it. I, I think you could argue from that point of view, actually, Carl, from an academy system point of view, fair play. Well done. It's it a, works. It's a 100%. I was at an EFL safeguarding thing yesterday about young players coming through the system yeah. at West Brom, and um, this was one of the topics. And, and and I actually said we have a we have a duty of care with the academies, but fundamentally, an eight year old that goes to the system wins a European Cup, wins a Super Cup, wins a club club, and then you send fifty million, and people are going to say it's a failure. I, I just think it's a good valuation for Man United. I think it's, yep. it's I wouldn't say cheap, but it's a, I would be happy to pay that for him definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's been part of this. Chelsea underachieving, and he's you know he's been part of it, and people have looked at that and said, well, he, you know his performances haven't been good. I think Man United could have got a bargain on their hands. I really do. Do, do you yeah. think there's something though when when watching him in the Euros, and he seems to be the <coughs> consistent player that played most of the minutes. Now, when you see someone like mm. Gareth who keeps playing him, there's there's sometimes there's, there's greater depth to this. There's a personality. Mm-hmm. There's almost that glue to the system that you play. Mm. Sometimes, it, and I actually think the one thing that as a manager to look at him, he's very unselfish. He does things that might people might not see, but he does things that might help other players. But there's an argument here, Carl, that Chelsea fans will be fearing. I would have thought that his best days are still to come at the age he is, yeah. and they certainly don't want his best days to come in a Manchester United shirt. No, but that's that. <laughs> But equally, they would have been the same ones probably having a go with him last season when he wasn't playing well either. True. And sometimes, as a manager, we live in the now and, and you can never predict what's going to happen in the future. And you will look at the the recent past where he hasn't been great, but that's been nearly every one of the Chelsea mm-hmm. players that you can say that about. And for me, his best years are ahead of him. It'd be interesting going to play for a manager, obviously come from Holland, where he was at Vitesse. He won player of the year at Vitesse, the year he was there. He got in the league team of the year when he was there as well, over in Holland. So he's obviously a player that the manager would have seen from afar when he played for Vitesse on loan from Chelsea. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Sure, when it comes to young players, and I know you've got vested interest in youngsters and getting the right advice, mm. getting the right kind of guidance, if you like, at that particular stage. And you, Carl, we've seen what happened in, in recent times. Jude Bellingham came from Birmingham. Dortmund, now Real Madrid. Deli Alley is hit a bit of a roadblock. Came from MK Dons with you, Carl. I remember being with you when he played for MK Dons one day. And you guys won and he shone to Tottenham. But then downwards at Everton and Bajiktas. Why is it, Stuart? I know it's a big question. We don't have enough time. We could talk about it till one o'clock. Why do some thrive and others dive? I don't know Delhi personally. Um, but if you're asking me, well, personally, for a starting point... The biggest crime that that any sports star has or sports personality has is underachieving on their ability uh, continually over a length of period of time. The biggest crime? I think so. You know, you're blessed with whatever you're blessed with. A lot of players, and you can see them, and I, I, I do, the sensibility of players, as soon as I meet an individual as a player, I'll probably know what their parents are like. 
Once I meet the parents, I know what the kids are like. So you've got to have a, a good, stable background behind you. That's a star. On top of that, you've got to have good advice around you and decent friends around you that, to make sure that they know, look, hang on a minute, I don't need to distract him because he's blessed with a talent that might take him on a career path in any sport we're talking about. And once again, you cannot have your head turned by finance, by all the rubbish that comes in and around uh Certainly our profession, this day and age, you've got to be so single-minded. And there's some good role models out there. I always use Milner. I always use Henderson as great role models. You know, they haven't been changed by anything. You can pay them whatever you want. And you go back in history, you can play Roy Keane whatever you want. You won't change him and the will to win and the fire in his belly. Yeah, you yeah, know? So yeah. That, that's... So, I mean, it's a tough one for you, Carl, because you know the boy personally. Mm. You had him at MK Dons, but he's bombed, hasn't he? At Everton and then Bajitas. Yeah, he has in relation. And he's hit a roadblock. Yeah, he has. I don't overly think it's because of finance, personally. I think there's, there's so many other fundamental factors in life that can sometimes restrain and, and strangle talent. Um, it doesn't always have to be yourself. It can be external mm-hmm. pressures. It can be external people. It can be wrong people. It can be wrong moments at wrong times. Um, and I'm not to say it would be more Jesse Lingard can be in that. There's multiple players that we can speak about that we all at one stage put in up at the top of the tree to it's almost sometimes fall we're looking for them to fall and maybe catch them and build them back up did you work with David Bentley at Blackburn? yes mm. yeah I funny I seen him the other week um, mm. when I was away unfortunately um, <laughs> lively as ever um, somebody but, but equally at this where I have respect for Benz because he walked away from the game yeah now what's Lingo uh, what's um, Deli Ali going to have to do to get back to anywhere near what he was like? Um, control himself in, in how he p- what, prepares to train. What do you, what do you um, mean? I think he has to be... I think in the modern day game, it's not just about the 90 minutes that you perform because there's so many good players nowadays. You said before, you said a, a player that underachieves on his talent. Hmm. That that can be... There's so many different factors. That can be a mental component to that. Yeah. That can be, as I said before, external influences. And for me, it's the, the players who are so selfish, weirdly, um, which is not a great trait, but that selfish trait to be the best is something that will be snarled at outside of our industry. But internal, you have to be selfish. You have to have that, and sometimes when you have that, but you, you and you, people speak about it, it's something that you actually don't really want because people criticise you for having it. Mm. You've got to be, you've got to disconnect from the noise to be the best player in the world. Is he going to get back? Are we going to see him again? I hope so. I think he will. And we were saying before, Stuart doesn't. I think he will. Do you not, Stuart? Uh, no. And I can see no. why. And by the way, I can see why. It's been um, too long out of the, the highest echelons in the game. And, and from an outsider, I, I, as I say, I don't know him. It's difficult to judge. And when you've met individuals, you, you've got more of a buy-in like yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that I'm seeing somebody that's been at varying clubs as of recent times over the last two or three years and had yeah. very little impact at all. So convince us, Carl, convince us why uh, he'll be uh, back. Well, he has the talent. It, for me... That's a that's a big point. When when big players don't play on big stages, you lose something mm. because that that's that's the best coach in the world. The best coach in the world is the big players playing the big games against the best players, mm. and it makes you the best version of yourself. And yes, he hasn't had that, but he has to find something within, like he did when he was seventeen, like he did when he was eighteen, like he did when he first went to Spurs. Like he did when he first stepped on the pitch for England, yeah. he yeah. has to find that again, I, and almost take like a longer road back. In a, I know we're saying being out of that can yeah. sometimes be a detrimental effect of his performance, but not look for a quick fix. 
look for a longer term fix. Yeah. I suppose the lights can go out the, on certain players. You say, well, bad, bad, bad they can't all be successful. The, the answer to their success is, is internally. Between his it all, ears. It always is. Solely. It's not about outside influence. Where where Deli Ali is at this moment in time. He's got to find a cause to prove people wrong. But I, to prove people like myself wrong that, yeah. that I don't think he'll return into but the sure, Premier yeah, but, League. But surely, that, but surely uh, as I listen to the show all the time, so I am a, I'm a fan of you, Jim, anyway. Not not your mate. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. <laughs> no, but I, I hear Simon speak a lot about, yeah. um, about the money and the finance. And I, I know it has a big impact. It, it is. It, it's, it's still a job. Yeah. It, it really is. But the best players and the players who really want to be successful, that becomes secondary and the money follows that. Yeah. yeah. And, and people a... can speak about all the money in the world, but if you don't focus on yourself and you're not selfish and you're not willing to go above and beyond you will always stagnate for, for long periods of time. Do you know what, Carl? I was thinking the likes of Deli Alley, the likes of Jesse Lingard, if ever there are players that are in need of an open-door policy at a football club, it's the like of them, that they can be made feel welcome, that they can go and chat about problems. In actual fact, Peterborough chairman Darren McAntony opened up about this. Have a listen. Everyone knows at my club that they can come to me about anything personal. I've had players who've lost their life savings to bad agent advice and giving it to financial advisors. I've had players who've got other women pregnant. I've had players who've lost marriages. Um, all those things, players with mental issues, they can come to me about anything. I'm like that, open book, open door. You know, I've got a lot of experience in my own life, even at the age of 47. So I would always say to the young lads and all my players, whatever, two words I use with my three children, good decisions. And I say the same two words to my players, young and old, good decisions. In other words, drugs, alcohol, prostitution, Girls, whatever, good decisions. Don't gamble. Don't do stupid stuff like that and spend your money wisely. You, you wish Dara would say, you'd say what he means, don't you? I mean, he's so brutally yeah. honest. You can't argue with that. No, and everyone needs someone to go to, to talk to every now and then, you know? So if, he's, if he is an open door, like he thinks he is, you know, that it, people can come to him and his players can come to him, I think everyone needs that. But that's it's, not the world, though, is it? Like, we, 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 <laughs> listen, we've all made bad decisions probably this morning. That fundamentally can affect your day and I know that personally and even though we've always gone up against him I like him like I've got a lot of time from him we're quite Good close McCanty. yeah we are people don't think we get on but we actually do but he's right isn't he he's right but he equally but, like but, but, but equally the, the, the strength of any human being Jim is surely when you make bad decisions as well and I've made so many and and I and we've all been involved in things in our we life I we keep saying this yeah. but the bad decisions that we make with good support Sometimes become the light bulb moment in our life as well, so we can't always make point. we can't always make good decisions yeah. in life. Let me take you probably to to my career. Five years as an electrician, one year working in a warehouse. All my mates that I used to go to school with all used to go to the same pub in in Wembley in in mm. in this area of Brent in London. On a Friday night when they're all going for a drink, I would stay indoors. Mm. You know what I mean. And then I would be training Tuesday, Thursday, non-league. Right decision. And it's five years yep. of sacrifice yes. that gets you a career in a professional game. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Stuart Pierce alongside Carl Robinson. Guys, we were talking earlier on about academy football. There is often an argument, Stuart, that academies at, at the big clubs spit out players too quickly don't get to know them don't really try to get behind them that the kids in many aspects don't get the chance they'd like to be given I want to get your take on this Uh, the Peterborough owner Darren McAntony we heard from him earlier on he spoke very openly and honestly on this subject now brace yourself for this my opinion was probably different two years ago I saw a documentary was it last summer or the summer before about a player that came to an academy who went to another club who ended up committing suicide and I saw the effect on his life, his parents, everyone around him, what happened to him when he was released, rejected, how nobody really followed up with him. And that had a profound effect on me to think a little bit more about our academy, about our players. When I release players, like recently I had to make a decision with our academy director on five young 16-year-olds. And a lot of them weren't good enough. A couple I ended up giving an extra year to, probably because of what I saw. Probably mm. the wrong decision at the time. Mm. It's really difficult because I have a young boy who's 17. You know, I have daughters who are 16 and 13, you know. So I just don't know if we're doing enough. Darren McAntony, opening up quite recently on the show with Simon. I mean, Stuart, do clubs, and Carl, I'll come to you in this, do the clubs do enough, do you think, to try and make sure that if they don't make it, Mm. they get the right kind of treatment, the right kind of protection? It's a real difficult one. I mean, the stakes are so high and so many people want to try and get into this profession because it's a brilliant profession to be part of, you know. Um, we, we, we're we part of it now, even yeah. working in journalistic core. But I think I was released by, by Queen's Park Rangers as a 13-year-old, trained for five months with them, turned up the following season and was met by a coach who said, sorry, hasn't anyone told you we don't need you next year? That was it. That and was, you didn't know? You, not, you, you, you had no idea that was coming? Not until I turned up in a, in a gym in Ryslip and was told on the night of training that we don't need you. But I think there's a lot more done by clubs to prepare youngsters for uh, disappointment. I really do. And the stats bear that out because there's more disappointed than actually take on and, and live a journey like Mason Mount, let's say, coming through the academy. I mean, look at Declan Rice. Declan Rice was released by Chelsea. So and that to go elsewhere yeah. to end up being a million a hundred million pound player eventually, I think what they do need a they need good advice around the training facility, but also as well people outside the game have to prepare these youngsters for potential 
disappointment somewhere down the line. But it's it's a tough world to get involved in because the stakes are so high, Jim. How were you after that news that you got at QPR? Well, massively disappointed, obviously. But to be honest with you, uh, if I look back over my life and some of the biggest disappointments I've ever had because of the nature of me as an individual has probably spurred me on brilliantly and have been the building blocks for me as a person. Either failing to get into the army and the, and the Met Police when I was a 16-year-old, failing both interviews for a career path that I wanted, being, being released by Queen's Park Rangers, the club that I supported as a kid. All of those things, when I look back now, were brilliant building blocks for me as a person. Of course. But at the time, they yeah. were tough ones to swallow. Yeah. Carla, I watched you listen very intently, very closely to what Darren McAntony said there. Mm. Does the industry do enough for kids that don't make it? This is, Jim, something that I probably have all the years I've been doing this is the closest thing to my heart. There's different ways of looking at it. You don't go into being an electrician and people, if you don't worry, look, worry mm. about when you fail. Yep. It's either or. You make it through, you let's just maybe a bad example, but there's very few other industries that actually prepare you to fail. Yeah. So let's get that straight first. We're one of the only industries that actually support the failings of these young players and try to support them to the best of our ability throughout the course of their time within an academy. On top of that, we have a massive duty of care in the modern era of safeguarding and, and how we speak and treat young people coming through. I've, Jim, looked back at my career as a, as a manager and as a coach and maybe I could have done it better. Maybe I could have given kids more time. Maybe I could have been more considerate, more caring. If you speak to my ex-wife at times, I'll come home and I, I would break down. I'm talking cry my eyes out when I've released the players at 18. I, I had no coping mechanism personally for that. So maybe I did it in a way where it was quite stern, strong. I just did it as a, as a business and... Then it break down once that kid. No emotion at the time. I, yeah, the way you told I, the kid. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't compute how I did that. I, I, I couldn't, rightly or wrongly. I look back and think maybe the empathy and how you do it, and I've got better over time. And I, I, I worry for a lot of young players. The biggest worry that I have is parents, because arguably when you sign for an academy, you are signing for one year, right? In the elitist environment, you're going mm. to get the best coaching, the best pitches, the best games. But fundamentally, that can also be a problem because people then think you're going to be a footballer and they start worrying about the excitement mm. of what's at the end of it rather than just enjoying the moment that you're currently in. Yeah. And so there's so many different facets to this that are right and wrong. And 10, 15 minutes in the show, it's you need days upon days to, to speak about what are the rights and wrongs about young development. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, to be successful, you've got to be ruthless, relentless. Yeah. You've got all the words that we've used currently in the mm. show. And you've got to separate yourself from the rest. And there's a, there's a single-mindedness to development as well as the player. I think there's so many satellites of big clubs around the country now. It's like relatives of mine. I, I went up to see them and, and as a seven, eight-year-old, I turned around and said, oh, he used to be with Man United. I said, I, I used to be with Man United. He, oh, yeah. No, it was a feeder club and, and a, mm. a Sunday team in Barnsley that had a connection with them. So they sell this dream that Manchester United have got their, their badge above the door, yeah. but they haven't really. But the other side of that, I think myself, who's trained as a coach and a manager, we have more empathy and more knowledge now about how to treat players, how to talk to young players, how to potentially prepare them as well for, for a, a drop-off, but also encourage them as well and saying, look, if you don't make it here, there's every opportunity. And, and probably I'm fortunate that I've had... 
a couple of body blows here, being, yeah. being released when I was a kid and yeah. not being told I wasn't good enough or too small or, or this and that. But, and it helps you feed that message. Oh, you're you're living well, in Stuart, you, should, you can still have a great career. No, no, but still you, a career. But you, that's that's back in back in the day. That's why back in there was no safeguarding, exactly, no support, yeah, no understanding no. of your mental health, no. none, yeah. And he still became the person, the player he is today. Yeah. Now today, there's probably a hundred percent more support mechanisms yes. for these young players. Yeah. And I watch the same documentary. And that's why I was listening. And, and Darius speaks so passionately because he actually cares. Mm. He, he really does he cares for young people he cares for helping people and you can see that and hear that in the interviews that he does but you still get it you st- it still torments you Carl that you didn't tell a kid in a yeah. more compassionate fashion yeah. Yeah. that he's not going to make it I'm not, I'm not we don't come on here and say that everything that we say is right there's things that I've done that I look back with tremendous regret and, and sadness that maybe ego arrogance fear and we we do things sometimes we think is right at that particular moment in time that fundamentally is completely wrong, and you're dealing with young people, and I worry you look at the, the suicide rate of of men under the age of forty, and the kids are coming through academies with so much pressure, not just by themselves but by the teachers, the parents, friends in school. You go back, how embarrassing that when you go back to school at twelve and you're being released by Man United, being released by mm-hmm. Chelsea. Cause you you're the boy in the playground that plays for all these teams, yeah. and all of a sudden it's gone. Sure. Ah, you failed, you this, you that. There's the, there's the peer group situation. There's so much pressure put on these young players to become successful in our industry. That it actually that's the it's the pressure that the industry puts on you to be successful, and then the lack of support that you're given, not just by the clubs but by the parents, or the wrong type of support by the parents. I say all the time, the parents' job is to love your kid. That's all you should ever do. But when they go into academies, trust them to do the the best they can. Trust them to work with them, and if they don't make it. You've had a tremendous experience in that moment. Mm. And if you go into any academy, the, the the horror stories they'll tell you will be about the parents. I, I've mm. been in recently and, and and to coach at academy and whatever, and they'll say some of the parents and the pressures they put on their child are absolutely so out of tilt. They're the ones, they're the cash cows that their, their son mm. or daughter within an academy yeah. that they're putting pressures on yeah. you. If, if there are kids probably out there listening. I'm sure there are, Stuart. This Friday lunchtime, who've maybe just been delivered that bit of bad news, mm. they're not going to make. What What would you tell them? I would say you have to find a level that's good enough for you. It's not the end of the world. Looking back now, I'm of an age I am. It's a brilliant time to be their age. Even if you've been released, you've got to say somewhere down the line when the hurt diminishes over the next week or two weeks or, or months or years. Draw the positives out of that and let that be the inspiration for you to go out and prove people wrong. Because proving people wrong is a powerful, powerful tool if you use it in the correct manner. Your 100% essential download, Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. 